93.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana, The Fan. Live, local, and talking about the teams that matter to you. This is Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovelin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Brought to you by Automotive Color and Supply. Good morning and welcome to Talkin' Sports for a Saturday, May 21st, 2022. Along with producer, co-host, Justin Kenny. He's back. Hey, hi, everybody. Welcome. Thank what? you. Did you have to use, like, Google Maps to get I did. I had to put Google Maps in. I, I, I lost my fob. That's why I had to have you let me in today. So yeah. hopefully we can get through the show without any major uh, technical issues because it's uh, I got to refresh myself here. Yeah, but yeah. Good to be back. Well, it, it's good to have you. Uh, John Graham filled in, did a, a wonderful job. Adam Lundy did as well. So, you know, it takes more than one person to replace you. Well, yeah, I saw I've heard. But, but uh, uh, yeah. yeah, good job, everybody stepping up. And uh, back here today, I'll be out next week. But then month of June looks clear. I'll be back and get into a rhythm here. All right. Well, that, that sounds good. And, and of course, I, I follow you on Twitter and all the social media and everything like that. And, uh, you broke some news this week. You, I did. Some yeah. personal news, yeah. Yeah. And uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. We, uh, uh, wife is pregnant, and, and uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. Have uh, struggled over the last several years to try to have, have another one. And our, our son now is 12, going on 13, and he'll be a 13-year-old little brother or older brother once we uh, welcome a new addition to the house on, on in December. So Boy, for your wife's sake, uh, when the baby's born, I hope uh, Noah's not the little baby. Yeah, I hope not. Just trying to get that thing out of there because Noah's humongous. Yes. So, but, yeah, we're thrilled. My, the wife found out the day before we left for spring break, and she was thrilled but devastated. She had a whole week's worth of drinking planned and was like, oh, crap, <laughs> I can't do it. So. Um, but yeah, we're, were you drinking for two? Yeah, I, I, told I, her I was drinking so. for two. Most definitely. I was like, don't worry, babe. I got this. So, so, so when I saw you down on, on the beaches of, uh, the Gulf of Mexico, you knew, I knew you yep. knew you were keeping it all secret. Yep. Wow. Yep. Absolutely. And, and just bless your wife, because think about this in, in just a couple of years at your age, She's going to have two in diapers. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about it. I will be 58 years old when this kid graduates high school. And it's like, man, uh, you know, we're thrilled. But in a lot of ways, starting over. You know, kids 12, 13 right now, you, you know, he's almost self-sufficient, almost. But, um, man, now hitting reset. But well, we're excited. But you're so. you're in shape. Yeah, you know, relatively. Yeah, and, and, you know, you don't use just for men yet or anything <laughs> like yet. that. That's not necessary yet. So you're, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're trending, uh, younger than, than your birthday. Yeah. So yeah. That's con yeah that's congratulations are yeah, in order. Pretty wild how it happens. You know, we went through fertility and all that stuff and, and IUIs, nothing worked. And we decided, you know, we're going to take a couple months off and regroup and, and then it happened. So it was, uh, it was really cool how it happened and, and we're super excited. But, uh, yeah, Great. exciting times. Any truth to the rumor that you're going to name a boy Jim or a girl Jimette? <laughs> that would be up to my wife. My wife, like, daily throws names at me, you know, and 98% of them get shot down. So, uh, yeah, you drop her a text, or, you know, drop it in her ear, see what happens. Just uh, just the nomination would... would uh, yeah, 
but really make me feel good. <laughs> 46862, <laughs> automotive color and supply text line 46862. Uh, put TS in the front of your message, if you will. And uh, a lot to talk about this morning. Of course, we'll be talking uh, just a little bit later on in the show uh, to Mike Nutter, president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, in our weekly Tin Caps chat. Of course, the Tin Caps uh, on Tuesday night this past week just started a big 12 game 13 day homestand and uh last night out at parkview field got the whooping stick out on the west michigan whitecaps beating them uh scoring 10 runs in front of 8,045 people and uh listening to the broadcast last night because i wasn't able to attend because my grandson had a ball game out of wallen so i went out there two hours early <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a 5.30 game. It was 7.30. Go. So I got to watch a lot of baseball. Very nice. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, was out there, and the hot dogs in that concession stand are clutch. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Good to know. They are fire. So, but anyway, watched a lot of baseball, saw a lot of people I knew, and uh, had some fun. But uh, but listening to the Tin Caps broadcast on the way back, they were talking about, you know, it was so great to see a packed Parkview field once again. And, of course, uh, I believe this has been the first fireworks night of the season. And you know as well as I do, Justin, fireworks will bring out the Fort oh, Wayneans. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and beyond. But that was what uh, one of the benefits of going to the game last night was. But 8,045 even had the treetops populated Excellent. as well. So that's pretty cool for... Those that aren't familiar with Parkview Field and the deep right field area, uh, that has been reached by a player three times since Parkview Field opened. Really? According to Mr. Mike Moss, as I was listening to the broadcast, and uh, uh, twice, I believe, by Jeff Decker. Okay. Uh, who was uh, one of the the original Tin Caps and uh, ended up with the Pirates for a while and everything, and one of the West Michigan players, too, But um, over the years. But uh, that was... Uh, just uh, a lot of fun listening to uh, to the broadcast, and, and, and you could hear with the crowd, Mike, you could hear all the people. So it's good to see that people are coming back and enjoying. It's a beautiful night for baseball. A little bit windy, but hey, what the heck, you know. Oh, windy definitely. Windy in 80 uh, beats <laughs> windy and drizzly in 38. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. So, Anyway, uh, we'll be talking to Mike just a little bit later on on the broadcast and uh, have some questions uh, lined up for him as well. And um, just some of the news from this past week, uh, something of, of a bit of surprise. Uh, Northrop football coach Jason Dorfler uh, announced that he is moving over to Leo High School to take over the Leo football program, uh, vacated by Mr. Jared Souter, who'd had all kinds of success with that program uh he's moving into an administrative uh role with uh, east allen county schools and leo high school so congratulations to him he'll be missed on the gridiron but leo uh, makes a good choice in jason dorfler uh, jason dorfler's family tree is uh athletic centric but it's football centric, uh, yeah. specifically. I mean, um, with fathers, uncles, and and everybody uh, to to look to. And Jason was an outstanding athlete in his own right uh, in high school and uh, and on to college. But uh, you know, the the Leo football program, which 
has been, as we said, stellar for what the last 10, 12 seasons is, uh, is getting a good one. Now, uh, with that said, the OutsideTheHuddle.net article uh, talked about the fact that there were those, perhaps many in the, in the Northrop camp, that were upset about this and uh, either the way it was uh, announced or uh, just the fact that he was leaving their program for another. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's one thing when the, when the players decide to transfer without any repercussion, but then when coaches get an opportunity, uh, is that not the same? Perhaps, perhaps it is. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, four six eight six two, automotive color and supply text line four six eight six two. TS in the front of your message. Um, our, you know, our coaches uh, do. Coaches have the ability to uh, take a better offer. And uh, in there again, uh, you know, when when players do it, and in and, and you know, let let's refer back to the article in. in uh, Outside the huddle.net talking about uh, the Jason Dorfler move. And, you know, I mean, were, were, were the players more upset or were they, were the parents? Um, no, what's, what's your take on this? Jeff? Well, I think it was a bit of a little bit of everything. And I think that the, the initial issue was how the information started leaking out. And, you know, the, there wasn't a formal, announcement of Jason Dorfler taking over at Leo before it really started leaking into the mainstream. And that included Jason Dorfler unable to talk to his players before it started leaking out. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that I understand, you know, when, when you, when it comes out of left field for uh, uh, players, especially when you're in the midst of, you know, spring workouts and all that stuff is, is to be, you know, broadsided by that. I understand that, you know, conversely, you had some some people at Leo find out before you know the formal announcement of of who the head coach was going to be. So that first was the initial issue. Is you know you you have to get in front of it. You can't let this stuff leak out. And unfortunately, in today's world and social media, it's inevitable that stuff like this uh, leaks out. And and so you know the premise of the story on Outside the Huddle was basically. The fact that there there's seems to be, you know, a bit of a, a, a blowback on Jason Dorfler for leaving when the landscape of football in Fort Wayne is so Wild West-esque where you have players going everywhere at any time, seemingly randomly on a whim, that when a coach makes a conscious decision to go to another program, he seems to be vilified, yet... These players and parents, and the parents are just as culpable as the as the players. Don't get me wrong. Switching schools, jumping around, uh, you know, the system enables this to happen. And unfortunately, you know, that's that's where the word hypocrisy kind of came up with this whole thing. Is look, you know, Jason Dorfer is making a move. He feels this is the best for his family. You know, you have players and parents doing the very same thing on a whim throughout this this city. Well, you know, in, in, in the article, it, it mentioned the fact that uh, by going to Leo, he is going to a program, to a community where the football program is revered. 
Right. And the kids start at an early age, and I think it's called Leo Paw Ball uh, for football as well, mm-hmm. or Cub Football, yeah. perhaps. Uh, in, I guess Paw Ball is basketball, but, but uh, Leo Cub Football, where these kids play on the Leo gridiron, on the, on the turf, and uh, they get instruction from coaches who uh, basically have the Leo. And, it, and it's almost like, uh, you know, an, another gentleman whose name came up in the news this week, Wayne Barker. Yeah. You know, the, the uh, uh, candidate uh, for the Northwest Allen uh, School Superintendent position. You know, when he coached basketball at Bluffton, and I, I've mentioned this time and time again, you know, he made sure that the community of Bluffton had the ability to have camps. He would he would have the opportunity for these young kids to learn kind of the Bluffton way to play basketball. And the coaches knew how to coach it. And, uh, of course, it was a lot of perimeter and shooting and things like that. But, but it's always nice when you have a community where you know they're going to feed into that school and a large percentage do. Yes. You have some other schools that even though you have kids in the feeder system or neighborhood boundaried that do not go and can, let's say, uh, when you look at Fort Wayne Community Schools, if there's a, a subject taught at one school that isn't taught at another, you can say, I want to take that course and then transfer to that school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I used that when I was I was culpable of it in eighth grade was supposed to feed into Elmhurst um, and wanted to go to Northside and said I wanted to take Japanese. That was offered at Northside, was not offered at Elmhurst. So that's how I work the system, but it's become more and more uh, disorganized in terms of being able to do that. And and you look at, at former community schools landscape right now, and Wendy Robinson, former superintendent, was very stringent. You could not go from a south side to a Wayne or a north side to a Snyder without a lock down case actually moved you know moved um now it's a lot easier uh it's as simple as going down to grile with somebody you claim to be your uncle and say i can't get my kid to school so he's going to stay with his uncle here's his address mm-hmm. boom you're in a different school district or you're a different school within foreign community schools and it's it's just the wild you know there's no feeder system you mentioned with leo is it's built in. That's what Jared Souter has done a tremendous job is it's almost a machine right now. And they dominate almost at every level. And I'm talking to, to Northeast eight coaches and they're going, man, you know, that's the, the worry with Leo is as good as they are. They could be even better at the varsity level. If Jason Dorfler can elevate that program, even to the next level. And you look at East Noble that really with whenever, and we're going to build into making postseason runs and the conference championships just come with that. Right. But Leo who has not won a sectional title in 11 years, has only won three sectional titles as a program since starting play in 1967, you feel like there's another step to be made with that program. And they can do that, and and Coach Dorfler can do that a hell of a lot easier at Leo than he can Northrop. 46862 Automotive Color and Supply text line if you'd like to weigh in on this topic or any other local sports topic, uh, you can do so. we had a text that came in uh, just a few moments ago. It says, TS, IHSAA should reconsider the transfer rule after the NCAA approves the transfer protocol. I mean, you know, it starts at the top with the IHSAA. There's no consistency there. But I think 
I think the IHSAA has really come down and said, you know, we need to 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 trust these school districts to handle this in a responsible manner because, quite frankly, it's too big for the IHSAA to control. Unless they start hiring dozens of case managers and researchers and, and investigators, they cannot get a hold of this thing, particularly in the populous metropolitan areas. They need to be able to trust Fort Wayne Community Schools and be like, okay, you're 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 controlling this to a point. You're not having players jump around like crazy. And this isn't a public-private debate. This is a public-public debate. And unfortunately, you know, we, we talk about feeder systems. There's no real feeder system within Fort Wayne Community Schools because of the open enrollment policy between 8th grade and ninth grade. Is, yeah, you may go to Kikianga, and you may supposedly, supposedly supposed to go to a Wayne, but you don't have to. You can go anywhere you want mm-hmm. between 8th grade and ninth grade, Right. Um, even, you know, people look at like Lane and Blackhawk as lockdown Snyder middle schools, even that's open, right? So that's kind of where it starts. And unfortunately you're going to have the haves and have nots. And with the, you know, the dichotomy in this town of trending towards a winner, whether it be basketball or football is that stuff switches on a whim, right? Mm -hmm. So with the ability to then switch schools at any opportunity, go to a quote unquote winner or an opportunity uh, that you feel is better to your school or to your, to your player or your career, then it's just open season. It's all over the place. Four, six, eight, six, two automotive color and supply text line. And we're going to go to break, but before we go to break, I want to tease you with this question, Justin, as, as we've heard, you know, for years and years about the parochials and oh they recruit no well guess what it's it is it is it recruiting or is it not now my question to you in general is it the coaches pursuing players to their schools or are the players wanting to be coached by certain coaches to be in their programs well we'll Check that out when we come back. We're going to go ahead, step out, take a break right now. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more. You're listening to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. If you looked at your auto or homeowner's insurance rate lately, think it's about time to get a competitive quote? Call the Wise Insurance Agency today at 260-747-5373. Located at 7410 Bluffton Road, Wise Insurance is a local company that's been in business for 25 years. Being an independent agent working with over 15 A-plus rated carriers allows Coach Ron Wise to assess your needs and determine the best option for you to give you maximum coverage with the most affordable premiums. The Wise Insurance Agency also offers motorcycle, RV, and watercraft insurance, as well as renter's insurance, flood, and umbrella policies. Multi-policy discounts are also available, and make sure to ask Ron about the good student discount up to 20%. Let Coach Wise show you the fundamentals of getting the right insurance. Don't put it off. Contact Coach Ron and the Wise Insurance Agency team today at 260-747-5373 or find them online at thewiseinsuranceagency.com. You're planning on remodeling your bathroom. You want something personal and unique, and you want only the best quality products, which is why you're planning on ordering your shower door from the Custom Craftsman of City Glass. But why stop there? Why not have the same professionals custom cut the just right mirror for your bathroom as well? There's no need to settle for anything off the shelf when the City Glass Craftsman can cut and design the perfect mirror for your bathroom. Don't worry about special sizing. They can custom size your mirror just as they would your shower 
your door. And what about a unique look? Not a problem. For example, they can frame your mirror or even cut it so that your vanity lights can fit in the mirror rather than having to mount a separate fixture above the mirror. Maybe you don't need a new mirror at all and can just have an existing one recut or refurbished. Yeah, they can do that too. So do this for yourself. When you're ready to choose a shower door from City Glass, choose a mirror as well. City Glass, quality glass products, a cut above the rest. This is Brad Keselowski, driver number two, discount tire Ford Mustang. Ever wonder what gives me a winning edge? A quick stop to check your tires can go a long way. Whether you're driving on the track or just on the road, properly maintained tires handle better in all weather conditions and provide you with the safe stopping power. Do a safety check on your tread depth at home or go online and book a tire inspection appointment. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was going to do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you are thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Now back to Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Well, this is a pretty good song, with us. <laughs> a little Michael Jackson coming back. Welcome back to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply. Kind of a rainy Saturday morning that's going to turn into a rainy Saturday afternoon and I think a rainy Saturday evening. I, uh, I'm trying to figure out what it was supposed to do today. They said afternoon storms. Then I wake up today, and there's just a huge huge glob of rain all over the place. It sounds like there's more coming later. And, you know, I'm actually home for the weekend, so I actually wanted to try to get some stuff done outside. But today may not be the day. Yeah, I, pl I had plans to fill my truck bed with bags of mulch. I was doing that tomorrow, so hopefully it's nicer tomorrow. But uh, it's not going to. It's one of those things, you know, too, like, well, you know, I guess I can't do it. You know, you're not going to fight it, right? Just right. Maybe this is the day that uh, the movies that my wife and I have talked about uh, checking out on, yeah. you know, some of the different platforms on TV. will uh, There you go. We'll do that. And I don't know, order in some food or, or she can make me a seven course. <laughs> we can order some food and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and enjoy. So anyway, uh, before we get going, I want to tell you about my friends at Culligan. I have a Culligan water softener in my garage, and I don't know a, a ton about it. I know a little bit about water softeners, but I depend on Culligan to make sure that it's running properly. I get salt delivery from them. They check the unit out whenever they deliver the salt, and uh, the the technicians are very professional, very courteous, very thorough, 
and uh, we'll let you know if there's something wrong or if everything's great. They'll let you know so you can get peace of mind by just knowing that you are being taken care of by Culligan. Give them a call today, 484-8668. That's 484-8668. And while you're at it, ask them about the reverse osmosis drinking water systems. We have one in our kitchen. Diane loves it, and she cooks with it. The dog's water has it. But then Brick will go out to the pond and drink water. We found that out, too. So he, anyway, he's a good boy. But uh, he loves his uh is reverse osmosis drinking water, too. He just knows the difference between the two. So, anyway, 484-8668, 484-8668. Give your people Culligan water. All right, we were talking before the break about uh, coaches and if they choose to leave, you know, what uh, what responsibility do they have to their program, uh, perhaps that they're leaving? I mean, uh, you know, case in point, Jason Dorfler. Uh, had been at Northrop at the helm of of that, at one time, very storied football program uh, that um, I know that in the mid-70s and uh, in the, the late 90s, uh, in, in, in between, they were always a force to be reckoned with and um, fell on some hard times due to the fact that I, I don't think uh, uh, a lot of kids in the school wanted to play football. I don't know if it was a case of a coach, a certain coach came in and maybe turned some kids away or something. But anyway, it's it's become a little bit tougher to get kids to come out for football in a in a school the size of Northrop High School. But anyway, uh, they did. They had some big wins. Remember the the Northrop win over Homestead in week what was that week one? Yeah. Uh, what was it? Two or three seasons yeah, ago? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, just uh, but you know. And the question I posed right before we went to break is uh, pursuit. Do coaches, when it comes to, let's say, transfers, et cetera, or players, do the coaches pursue the players or do the players slash family pursue the coaches? 46862 Automotive College Supply text on, let us know. Um, Justin, your thoughts. I don't think it's 100% either way. I think you do have a couple coaches out there in this area that will, I don't know if they'll, you could say actively pursue specific players, but will work through an intermediary in attempt to get more talent, I would say, um, is the way you could put it. And unfortunately, you know, it goes back to the, the ability, the ease in which players can move around makes that possible. But by and large, I feel it's not the coaches. I feel... It's players, and in particular, it's parents. Uh, you know, something that 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 I think is growing more and more prevalent, and I see this, you know, in running our seven-on-seven seven programs. I'm sure, Jim, you see it too. Is this 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 idea that kids have to stick together? I I run into it, you know, with the younger kids. Is they're eight years old and they've played for a couple years together. They want to stay together, right? Okay, I, I understand that, but when you and I played PAL and when we played Little League, you had an evaluation day, and the coaches drafted. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Your best friend may be on another team. That was kind of part of the fun, really. Yeah. You, know? and you met new people, too. You, you had your friends, but you met new friends. And now I feel like there's more and more of parents, and I think this impacts high school to a certain extent, 
is, well, they've grown up together and they've played together and they want to stick together and all that. And that's admirable to a certain extent. But I feel like that's gotten to a point where it's like, you know, before you you were drafted by whatever team you were drafted by in Little League. And that's who you played for. It wasn't a, well, you know, these five kids are sticking together and they want to play together throughout their youth. Like, no, it's not how it worked. So I feel like that's part, you know, a minor part of what we're seeing at the high school level. But I would say by and large, this is this is player talk this is parent talk parent driven uh in addition so uh i don't put a lot of the quote-unquote blame on the coaches in regards to this and and of course as you say parents a lot of that is the pursuit of the elusive college scholarship right and uh and just once again the best opportunity based on uh the the inner workings of a program or your son or daughter. Right. And so. I think, you know, that's admirable. Like, I understand your thinking with that because that should be the goal. Money for college is is the goal for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I think the, the thought can be misguided. I think there's a, a, a considerable amount of cases with transfers is my kid is not being utilized in this manner here. I'm going to go elsewhere. Or my kid is better than what he's showing at this school or this coach. So I'm going to go play for this coach. And by and large, that's not the case. Like if, if you're a D1 talent at one school, you're going to be a D1 talent at another school. If you're a D3, you're a D3. If you're an NIA, NIA. If you're not a college player at one school, you're not going to be a college yeah. player at another school. And I think that's the expectations. Look, you know, I always preach to our kids in our program that it, it's great to dream, but at some point you also have to face reality. Oh, reality will you know hit what I mean? you right square in the yeah. face. It is, it is great to dream that you want to play for Alabama or you want to go to the league or whatever. But at some point, someone has to have a conversation with you not going division one for basketball and football or whatever. And these are the options, you know, division three, you can get a lot of money at division three, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you can have a great career at NAIA, you know, and, and get some scholarships. So that's the tough conversation. I don't think those conversations are happening enough to really, you, you, you hate to, to, to crush dreams, but you also need to really inform these kids and parents about reality. Yeah, and to to go even another level on this, look at the kids that will get a a D one sniff somewhere or want to go far, far away for college, not thinking about the fact that they grew up here in this little cocoon in northeast Indiana. How many of those kids Come back, right? Yeah, and play locally. Yeah, and and of course the local, uh, you know, colleges, the PFWs, the Indiana Techs, the St. Francis, etc., are, you know, the the beneficiary of this. Eventually, when kids find out that, oh, this isn't as glamorous as what I thought, and gee, I'm all alone. Right. So I mean that that has a lot to do with it as well. But anyway, we're uh, we're kind of getting off the the main topic of that. Uh, I did have a text that came in says TS uh, 2018 Bishop Dwanger's state football championship team didn't have one recruit on their team. All came from Catholic schools. A tribute to the Fit Football program started. Fit Football is uh, football in training, and it was uh, started in the Catholic school system. Uh, it says, thanks for what you guys do covering high school sports. Uh, but yes, and once again, 
as we talked about, the, the Cub football out in Leo and some of the other uh, opportunities, you know, down in Bluffton, the, the Tiger uh, uh, basketball camps and things like this that, that Lisa used to have, et cetera. But, you know, the investing in youth in the community from the high school level down is so, so important. And once again, the FIT football program, my, my grandson was part of the FIT football program two or three seasons ago. And you go out there, and it's almost like you're watching a high school football practice. Sure. They teach them, I mean, everything, every nuance uh, to, you know, from play calling, you know, holes, gaps, uh, coverages, everything. And it, it's it's football for, for third, fourth, fifth graders. Right. And they're learning the intricacies, but they also have the, the volunteer coaches or the coaches that know the game and are giving back to the game. And that that's what's necessary as well. You need either an alumni base or people with enough interest to share their expertise with these kids within this program that, you know, the, the coach uh, of whatever program, you know, is, is looking to do this with his, let's say, offense or defense. And then you fall in line and, uh, and teach the same workings. Right. And, you know, you look at these examples. So you look at, at within the parochial and you look at fit and you look at CYO, even though I think CYO the last you know several years has has you know struggled in comparison to what it used to be. But you look at Homestead and they have their middle their their youth programs and then they have, you know, Summit and, and Woodside and mm-hmm. Carroll has their Carroll youth football and then they have CMS, Carroll Middle and Maple Creek. And these are the built in foundations of a feeder program now what's the equivalent of fort wayne community schools it's pal and metro and then a bunch of kids at middle schools some of which don't have football like memorial park and then you can go wherever you want like there's no there's no streamlined process and and you know defenders of of being able to go everywhere will say well you know i kind of have to recruit because other people are recruiting my kids right so if you have kids that, you know, say Northwood and you think you're getting all of them, that you're you're misguided, right? And that happens with mm-hmm. them football and basketball. So unfortunately it's it's pretty much like, you know, you have to play the game in this city or else you're gonna you know fail and, and fall behind. But you know, it just it starts at the top, it starts with administration, it starts with these school districts laying out a firm foundation for this. And and until they prioritize athletics, and I know some people will scoff at prior priority, but it, until you do that then you're going to have the haves and have-nots, and you're going to have the constant issues of kids going everywhere. 46862 Automotive Color and Supply text line. We're going to step out and take a break. We'll come back and be talking to Mike Nutter, president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, in our weekly Tin Caps chat. We'll do all that when we return. You're listening to Talking Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're 
allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country, and tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Heavy uterine bleeding and iron deficiency anemia through the years. I've been there. Huh? That sweater tied around your waist? I've been there. Heavy period? Yeah. Makes you wonder what women used to do. Oh, I've been there. Huh? The record album you're using to cover your behind. I've been there. Yeah. Makes you wonder what women used to do. Oh, I've been there. Huh? Your backward waitress apron taking no chances. I've been there. Yeah. Makes you wonder what women... If you've been there, you get it. Excessive menstrual bleeding for six months or more is known as heavy uterine bleeding, or HUB. When you lose more blood, you lose more iron. HUB may lead to another medical condition called iron deficiency anemia, or IDA. Low iron from IDA can disrupt your everyday life with debilitating tiredness, headache, and weakness. But some people may show no symptoms. Learn about iron deficiency anemia and take a quiz to share with your doctor at imayhaveida.com. That's imayhaveida.com. Brought to you by HealthyWomen.org and Daiichi Sankyo, Inc. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then, spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org. Now back. Talking sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply. George Harrison providing the vocals. Here comes the sun. This is for all those hopeful baseball people that are uh, awaiting the start of doubleheaders today in uh, high school baseball, the last week of the regular season underway. And, uh, oh, speaking of baseball, 
Let's go to the Talking Sports phone line powered by Fire Police City County Federal Credit Union because on that Talking Sports phone line is Fort Wayne Tin Caps President Mike Nutter. Mike, good morning, sir. Good morning. I like that intro music. Let's just make that the regular every week. <laughs> I'd love it. I love it. I am uh, I'm a Beatle geek from way back anyway, so uh, th that would be perfect. Uh, are you at Leo High School right now? I am not. I am at Parkview Field. I watched a pretty good storm come through here earlier uh, and uh, have hopes of uh, the forecast has really changed so far for the better that I agree with you. I think we've got a pretty good, a lot better chance to play tonight than I would have thought last night. And I think these high schools, if they were able to withstand that initial, uh, you know, rain an hour or so ago, mm -hmm. I think we're going to be at least dry for the next few hours. So hopefully Homestead and Leo can get in at least one of their two and, and uh, all these other schools around the area can as well. Yes, indeed. It's very important as uh, sectionals start this coming week but uh, this is, uh, for, for the most part, a lot of teams, uh, this is their final little tune-up before uh, heading into sectional action. So it, uh, it, it doesn't uh, get any better than that when it comes to the spring sports, and that's for sure. And, of course, your son, uh, Carson, a senior, I believe, at, uh, at Homestead. So uh, it's kind of the, the culmination uh, coming up here. It really is. You know, uh, we had him, his age group, and a lot of people that uh, we coached and travel over the years, you know, they're wrapping it up, and it's been so fun to watch. And for us, it was never just about the baseball. It was about helping to develop great young men. And I think we succeeded in that regard and ended up having a bunch that are going on to play in college and, and different things like that. So a lot of fun. And talk about a lot of fun. We had one here last night at Parkview Field that people will be talking about for a while. It was nice to right the ship, at least for a night. The team's been scuffling, no doubt about it, but over 8,000 fans in our biggest time, our biggest crowd since before the pandemic. So a lot of excitement this morning. Yes, 8,045 in the box score uh, this morning in the paper. Uh, in, and, of course, the 10 caps provided 10 runs worth of offense uh, I think it's the first time they eclipsed eight runs offensively since April 24th. So uh, that was uh, welcomed to see the bats come out. I know there were four players with multi-hit games uh, in the uh, in the lineup for the Tin Caps uh, last evening. But uh, yeah, you got to be uh, so pleased to see that eight zero four five. Somebody texted me after the game and said, "What did you? What were you and manager Brian Esposito laughing about after the handshake line?" I said, "I thanked him for scoring ten runs and slowing down these new pitch clock rules <laughs> because we had so many people in here. We needed to get the lines through." But it's the biggest crowd since July fourth of twenty nineteen, and our second biggest crowd since August of twenty eighteen. Uh, again, like anything, we've got to work on speeding up the lines and getting people in and out of the parking lot sooner, but you really can't simulate it. Huge, huge crowd. Heard from people all around the country, all around the league last night online and via text saying, congratulations, the Tin Caps are back doing what they've done before. Uh, you know, as you and I talk in hopes of playing tonight at 635, there's 100 or 200 lawn seats left. Then we'll be in the standing room only tonight. The forecast looks perfect for tomorrow, and we're almost at 6,000 tickets already. So we've talked. Our fans are so great. 
we feel like there's been that pent-up demand with COVID and everything else to get back out and return to normal and, and things like that. And so we're starting to see it. Those are pretty big May numbers for, for our ball club, that's for sure. And we've got a big one tonight. You know, we're recognizing the Fort Wayne Daisies. We've got a lot of their former players coming out to do first pitches. Isabella Alvarez and Dolly Osborne and Katie Horseman and Mary Moore and and Miss Lesko. I mean, it is a really cool thing. The players will be on the concourse signing autographs from 6:45 to 7:45. I mean, just a really cool thing. But even bigger than that, Michael Limmer on our staff has worked with with some other partners, the City of Fort Wayne and and I think Wayne TV, to get a plaque, to get a monument up uh, where they play. Um, you know, they played for a long time. The league was from 43 to 54. Uh, so there's a lot of cool stuff about tonight's game. Obviously, I'm biased with the weather, and we want to announce another sellout. But we'd love to give these ladies their due, and there's a lot of people excited about the event tonight. It's really taken off. It's one of those things that it went viral. We didn't order nearly enough shirts or anything like that. I think we've reordered like three times because you never know what's going to hit. Mm-hmm. But this one has, especially with the ladies and the young girls in the community. It's a really fun one. Yes, indeed. In some of the, the names you mentioned, and talk with her several times. And what a personality. And she in very candid about uh, about the league and in uh, certain roles and things like that. So uh, she just has a very fresh perspective on that. I uh, haven't seen Isabel in, in, a, in a couple of years, unfortunately, but uh, uh, it'd be great to come out and uh, be able to see her and chat with her uh, and, and the others, Katie Horseman as well, uh, this evening. Uh, should be a, a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, you know, ticket sales uh, even for tomorrow, which should be a wonderful day for baseball tomorrow when you take a look at the weather. And, uh, shoot, uh you know, in excess of 6,000 already there. You know, with uh, let, let's say, though, Mike, with the new pitch clocks and things, and I know I was listening to the broadcast last night, uh, and, and I noticed that at one point in time they, they enacted the, I believe it was a ball count on a, was it on a pitcher that, that didn't get his pitch delivered in time uh, for the, the countdown timer? Yeah, that's exactly right. So for the fans that haven't seen it yet, the response has been great. Um, I saw a guy on Twitter the other night saying, hey, I'm a start baseball fan, ardent baseball fan, and I was against it. He said, I was at the game Thursday night and loved it. He said, I felt like there was more action and things like that. So it's it's 14 seconds only in between pitches. Uh, It's decreased the pitchers walking around the mound three times. You know, I'm not making light of it, but to clear their head and things like that. Um, and the batter has to be standing in the box looking at the pitcher with nine seconds left on the 14-second pitch clock. I saw, I believe, two instances last night where they assessed a pitcher from each team uh, a penalty of one ball, Uh, and then I saw one where they assessed, I think, a penalty of the hitter where it was one strike. And I understand the diehards, you and I can name a hundred of them listed to us right now, that think, you know, well, that's gimmicky. Listen, the game is not in trouble. We don't have massive issues, but we averaged three hours and 20 minutes for a home game last night, last year, excuse me. In this society, 
you know, we're interested in can that number be around 245? We know it's not a timed game, of course. Uh, the response from fans and people alike has been very, very positive so far. And we're averaging right around two hours and 40 minutes. And that's quote unquote what it used to be. Yeah, well, I just looked at the box score from uh, last night, and the time uh, was 2.46. And so now with... With 15 runs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Night, night, and fireworks and, and things like that. So really, that was a dream for us. It really was. Now, what's going to happen, let's say, uh, the the middle of June when we get very late... Uh, Sunset, yeah, and you have a fireworks night. We're gonna play the world's longest game of musical <laughs> chairs and finish the lyrics and, and things like that. So, listen, my friend, there is a scenario. We played that game in an hour and fifty-eight earlier this year. Right. Nobody minded because it was forty-five degrees in April with a forty-mile-an-hour wind. But a Saturday in June and July, we're gonna be filling and killing time and things like that, and it might be part of it. What we've heard from people and a couple of other teams that have had to do it, because some of the leagues had it last year, they said the fans were great. People stuck around. They had a blast. People were still buying ice cream and dipping Dots and apple pie. But they said it's just so much better than those three-hour and 40-minute games mm -hmm. where you're doing fireworks and half the crowd is gone. Well, yep. Mike, since the clocks became uh, monitored and uh, penalties assessed, has there been a three-hour, nine-inning game that you've participated in? There has not. Mm -hmm. um, now, we had a couple in uh, doubleheaders. We had a doubleheader, the one rain out that we had. The next night, we played two, and they were long. I mean, for seven-inning games, I want to tell you they were two-and-a-half, 235, like in that range, you know, back-to-back. -back. And so those probably would have, but I don't believe at home we've crossed over that mark. And like that guy on Twitter, again, I didn't know him, but he was saying kudos, tin caps, and minor league baseball and stuff because I think he lived 20 minutes away. And he said, you know, we watched an awesome game. We came up short in that one, but a big crowd on Thursday night. He said, man, we were home on a school night and had the kids in bed by 10, 1030. And he said it allowed us to stay around where before we might have had to leave in the sixth or seventh inning. We're talking this morning with Mike Nutter, president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. In our weekly Tin Caps chat. And Mike, you're going to be home over the Memorial Day weekend. And I noticed on TinCaps.com there is a Memorial Day weekend deal. A Memorial Day special $25 ticket plus picnic on Sunday the 29th with the first pitch at 105. Can you tell us more about this? I can. You know, we did one on uh, Easter Sunday. Easter's a tough day to draw here in the heartland, you know, and... Uh, we did an individual package that day, and folks loved it. I mean, and we, we hear all the time, what about, you know, a picnic and a brunch and those kinds of things if we're not with a big company or something like that? We did one for Easter. It sold out great. So for the Sunday of Memorial Day on the 29th, you said it. First pitch, 105, adult ticket and picnic, 25 bucks. Kids 12 and under, uh, $18.00. Um, food in the Huntington Picnic Pavilion down the right field line, all-they-can-eat picnic, dogs, burgers, chicken, pulled pork, soft drinks, tons of sides. We're going to serve food from noon to 135. Should be a great one. We can put a few hundred people down there if there's the demand for it. It helps us with the food service. 
and for 25 bucks or 18 for the kids we tried to price it where you know a lot of people can do it so we're excited to see how it works and we may get back to it over the times you know we have so many cool areas or neighborhoods that we call them around here we've gotten great questions and texts over the years on this program with hey can we get on the treetops can we get in the 400 club can we get on the summit and so we're going to try another one here and hopefully it keeps having success well it sounds like a lot of fun now before we let you go mike uh with everything considered bigger crowds coming so so many promotions as well the tin caps are still hiring correct we sure are you know what last night we for lack of a better term weathered the storm of eight thousand um where we really need it is if somebody's listening that's 21 and over uh the bartender jobs in here i gotta tell you jim they pay very well because of the tips and things like that. Uh, we were short this past Thursday night, about 10 bartenders, but definitely still options in our concessions departments, out in cleaning, in picnics. We've, you've been so gracious and brought it up frequently. Tincapsjobs.com. We've upped the pay across the board. The new people are having a blast. True story. This is true. I met a guy Wednesday night or Thursday night, one of our new ushers, and he said, Mr. Nutter, I'm so-and-so. It's great to meet you. I said, man, it's great to meet you, too. Uh, I said, I like seeing you here. You got a great smiling face. He said, I heard you either on the radio or on TV saying you needed people. My wife looked at me and said, why don't you get a job? He said, <laughs> I took that as a hint. He said, man, I've been working this week. I'm having a blast at the ballpark, and I can't believe how many friends I've run into. So, again, is it a job? Yeah. Is there stress with it? Sure, sometimes it's a lot of fun. People that give us a chance, tincapsjobs.com, I think they'll have a blast. A wonderful testimonial endorsement. Mike had a text that just came in on the Automotive Color and Supply text line. says, T.S., is the Midwest League still doing half seasons? What's the playoff format? Great question, especially when we've scuffled out of the gate. And so, yes. They did go back to playoffs. We did go back to playoffs, and we did go back to half seasons. Great question. So the half ends after the game on June 16th. Um, you know, it would be a challenge for us to get back in it. But, again, if you can rip off 7 out of 10 or something, we can cut the deficit in half. So at the halfway point, June 16th, in the middle of a road trip, it's kind of weird, but it, it works. The records are going to start over just like it always did, and then two more are going to make it from the second half. Mm. And so we're excited to get back to the uh, way we used to do it, and we're excited the two teams that qualify in the first half get the home field so they have a chance to sell some tickets, so there is an advantage. But really, in the end, hopefully four of the six in the East are going to make it. I know the Padres care about Fort Wayne and care about winning, the guy that runs the minor leagues texted me last night and said, don't give up on us yet. And I said, I know you guys too well. Some of our best teams over the years have started to peak in the second half. And so, uh, yes, split season, split right down the middle, 66 games each half. The record will start over. And hopefully we make a run yet this half, but otherwise it will reset here in less than a month. And before we let you go, and Mike, a little retrospective, Thursday evening, the Indianapolis Colts um, brought a contingent 
to Parkview Field to be part of the game atmosphere with the Tin Caps. And Naheem Hines, uh, running back for the team, was there. And I believe Blue was there, some cold cheerleaders. But just a fun, festive time. Talk a little bit about your partnership with the Indianapolis Colts. So great. You know, the, the Colts have been with us for years we added the Indy 500 this year, and uh, really, really great for the Tin Caps here in in Fort Wayne to be aligned with really the two biggest properties in the state of Indiana with the Colts and the Indy 500. Naheem Hines was such an awesome young man. He threw a great first pitch, and then I, people haven't seen it go to Twitter. Then he did a flip after doing it. Man, my back hurt just watching this guy land this thing. He told a funny story off the offline about how when he was at NC State, he used to make money from baseball players. And I said, you've got my interest. What do you got? What, what kind of story do you have? And he said, well, they didn't know I used to play baseball. So we'd bet, you know, a pizza or lunch money or dinner about whether I could catch a fly ball. He goes, I caught them all. And then they had to return the favor. And could they catch a punt? <laughs> and he said, uh, I didn't drop any fly balls, but he said, you had some great baseball and so there was a lot of fun in that great young man. You know, Jonathan Taylor might be the best running back in the NFL or one of the best couple. But he is a very able member up here. He loved it. The fans loved the mascot. And I got to tell you, there's a middle-aged demographic that absolutely was dialed in on every cheerleader performance as well. <laughs> very, very nice. Very nice. Well, Mike, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. And uh, we will see you out of the ballpark this week for sure. And uh, we'll talk to you next Saturday. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right. That was Mike Nutter, president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, in our weekly Tin Caps chat. And, you know, earlier I was talking about the treetops section, Justin, uh, in that three balls have landed in the treetop section. And that was according to Mike Maz on the broadcast last night. But uh, he said, for clarification purposes, there have been three home runs that have landed in the treetops. Jeff Decker uh, against Peoria, May 10th, 2009. Stephen Moya of West Michigan on August 11th, 2011. And Clark Murphy of Fort Wayne versus West Michigan on May 5th, 2012. There have been six home runs that have hit the Harrison on the fly. And Fernando Tatis hit a home run over the summit in center field on April 19th, 2017. Now, the summit is that large building in center field, dead center, that's got the, the glass in case, you know, you can sit in air-conditioned comfort and watch the game, see everything from the center field perspective. And then even on top, there's uh, there's, there's picnic-type uh, seating as well atop the summit. And uh, to hit one over that, well, it takes a, a major league all-star uh, clout there. And, oh, yeah, well, Fernando Tatis Jr. is. Yeah, fits that mold, right? He does. Not surprising that he did that. Yeah, spectacular. And if you get a chance just to go out there to Parkview Field and look at that and go, how far did that one fly? Just stand behind home plate there on the concourse and take a look and go, a ball had to arc over that that structure. Just incredible. Well, guess what? That's going to just about do it for Talking Sports for a Saturday, May 21st, 2022. Uh, 
Thanks so much to Mike Nutter for joining us. Thanks to you for your text. Thanks for tuning in each and every Saturday morning for Talking Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply. So uh, try to stay dry, and uh, throughout the next week, enjoy your week. And uh, for those with, we will talk to next week, enjoy your week and your Saturday. Have a good day, everybody. home of the Indianapolis 500 is Fort Wayne Sports Station. Go to 1380thefan.com now and enter to win a pair of seats to the greatest spectacle in racing May 29th. Then tune in Sunday of Memorial Day weekend to hear the Indian Podcasts by Federated Media.